So tonight, this is prophetic lifestyle, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit tonight, and giving more understanding of what a great evening we've already had. <laughs> Just so enjoy His presence and His touch, and, and we don't have enough understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. Last week we spoke about the gifts, remember I started off with, with 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, where Paul writes to Corinthians and he says about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant, or I do not want you to be ignorant, to quote it better. And then he says in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's different kinds of um, service, but the same Lord. And there's different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. So out of that scripture, we realize that every part of the Godhead has got gifts for us. They all work differently. And last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the gifts that come from God. And the fact that the gifts that come from God are for all men. You don't have to be born again to qualify. Mm -hmm. To qualify for the gifts of God, you have to be born and it's the gift and the call of God, Romans eleven twenty nine, that is irrevocable. The supreme deity. And when you look back in 1 Corinthians 12, it says the supreme deity gives us workings for all men. The supreme authority, which is the Lord, gives us service gifts, which is Jesus. And then the pneuma, the breath of God, which is the Holy Spirit, gives us the dunamis power gifts. And so we see that every part gives us some gifts. Now that was last week. I spent a whole lot of time talking about the character gifts, and I hope you all had fun discovering other people's, some, some clues on how other people function. And you know, you get very clever, because I can read people quite easily to see what type of character they are. And you just know that this is what that character is going to be like, and that's, a, that's just the way that they are wired. And so it's just so amazing, and especially with children, to, to pick up what, how children are wired, and then just to, to blow petrol into the fire of the way they're wired so that they can come into full programming. And now tonight, I'm going to talk about the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. Now, it's just wonderful that we've had this lovely touch from the Holy Spirit already tonight, and I'm going to be unpacking it in the three different parts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at the... Um, the Holy Spirit gifts. John the Baptist said that Jesus was going to come and baptize in water and fire. He baptized with the baptism, but Jesus was going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And we see that Jesus, when Jesus left, where is Jesus today, everybody? He's actually seated in the right hand of the Father. He's seated with the Father in the heavenly realms. But who is with us, in us, is the Comforter. Because he said, I will not go and leave you orphaned. I'm going to send the Comforter. And the Comforter is the Holy Spirit. And everything that Jesus does is that he always leads us to the Father. And that's why when he said, and this is how you should pray, our Father. Everything Jesus does will always lead us to Abba. And everything the Holy Spirit does will always lead us to Jesus. Jesus is the physical being and his transformed body is physical. And we will know him and we will see him and we will identify him because he has a body, a transformed body that is recognizable when we get to heaven. None of us have a clue and I don't know if we will ever truly know what our father looks like because he's just so big. But we know his perfume and we know his touch and we know his eyes and we know things about him. But I don't know if any one of us will ever, even in all of eternity, truly know 
what our Father really looks like because it's just He's just so big. And then the Holy Spirit is the breath and humor and the wind of God. And so, um, and so when Jesus came, He came to baptize us in the Spirit. You cannot be a lover of Jesus and not understand the Spirit. Because everything that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, I'm going, but I have to go so that the Spirit can come. And John, in John, it's all about the Spirit. So when Jesus, when we accept Jesus, the first thing that happens is that the Spirit opens over our life the ability to walk in the water. And that's called the word charis, which means grace. So the first part of the gift of the Holy Spirit is, and for you that, for those of you that have got a manual, if you could look at manual page 55. So we see that the charis is the grace. Now it's the grace of God that takes us out of darkness and puts us into his marvelous light. It's the grace of God that allows us to get into the river of life. Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. Everything about greater glory is learning how to walk deeper into the river of life. Page 55. And so charis, which means grace, puts us into a different kingdom. That's what the word charis does. It is by grace that you are saved. It is by grace that we are justified. It is by grace that we believe. It is by grace that we learn to say no to ungodliness. It's by grace that we are called. It's by grace that we live humbly. It's by grace that we have an ability to give. It's by grace that we've got strength. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And it's by grace that we receive an office. So everything that comes from the Holy Spirit, the very first part is the gift of grace, which Jesus opened the way and released grace into our life. And that puts us into the river so that all of us start ankle deep in the river of God. And then as we journey with him, we go deeper and deeper into the river. And that's what the Great Glory Course is all about. But then the next thing I want you to understand, there are two more facets of the Holy Spirit that is very seldom taught on. I'm sure Brian teaches on it a lot. But the one is the word charisma. And the other one is the word charisma. And you see, charisma is the ability that, so that's talking about the grace. And now I'm going to go with Charisma is what often they used to talk about often in the olden days as the unction of God. It is the oil. You know what they used to do with priests? That the priests were taken and then they were anointed. And the oil was taken and it was smeared on them. So it's the smearing of the Holy Spirit. It is the imparting of the Holy Spirit within you. And then oil was poured all over them. And that's what qualified them as a priest. And as a king, it was the oil of the Holy Spirit. Now, the oil of the Holy Spirit is the charisma or the unction, and it is the part of the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of you. So when Jesus in John 20 came to the disciples after he was resurrected, after he, he, he came back after the cross, he came to them, he walked through the wall, I mean, how casual is that? And he came into their presence, and he came and he breathed his spirit into them. He released his unction into the, into, the, into the disciples. And that was the first time that they had anything to do with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit could only come once Jesus had died. It was the death of Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry, there's such a... Mm -hmm. 
It was the death of Jesus that made a way for the Spirit to come. And so when we get born again and we get saved and we ask Jesus to come into our life, we are put into the, another type of kingdom and we can see that there's another kingdom. The Bible says in John 3, 3, that when you ask Jesus into your life and you get born again, you can see the kingdom of heaven. But it says in John 3, verse 5, but when you go through the waters of, of baptism and through the, the Spirit, you can enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we have to receive the charisma or the unction of the Holy Spirit. And it's just amazing that we could pray for more people tonight because that is the transforming oil of the Holy Spirit within you that is changing you from glory to glory to glory. It is through the charisma oil of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it says we use oil. My friends, there's absolutely no power in oil. Please don't caught up in the deception that you need fancy oil for fancy things to, to anoint you with different things. It's a deception, it's a lie, it's a money-making racket, and it takes the whole focus away from what it really is. The Holy Spirit is the oil. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, the oil of God comes inside of us, the unction, the charisma, and it teaches us all things. That's the role of what the Holy Spirit oil does. It says in, um, let me just find the scripture. It says in 1 John 2, verse 20, 20 and 27, page 60, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things, but the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you. And you need not that any man teaches you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is not a lie, and even as it was taught you, you shall abide in him. It is the ability to abide in the vine. It's the ability to be in him. It's the spirit of God inside of you. And every single time that we spend time praying and worshiping, there's an increase of the oil in your lives. You see, we have a day that we get filled with the Spirit, but then we ongoingly keep getting filled with the Spirit. So our feet are in the river, and our body is smeared with the oil. And that's what this charisma is all about. And so when we receive the Holy Spirit, He immediately starts transforming us. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit and the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit together. You cannot hunger and thirst for dunamis and not receive the oil of change. And what God is doing, and so many people want the power because they want to be somebody. Do you know what I can do? Look at the power. But they don't realize that the moment that you start receiving, God wants to start transforming and he has to transform us because he has to transform us out of the will of this world into the will of his kingdom. And you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know the will of God. When people say, I don't know the will of God for my life, I say to them, you need more time in the Holy Spirit. Because the more time you spend in the unction, the more he starts transforming you and revealing the personal will of God to your life. How do you know when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? It's an act of obedience. It's just going and saying, will you pray for me? I need. It is by the laying on of hands that we receive the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus came, he went, he laid hands on his 12 to 11 disciples 
And he breathed the breath of God into them. And he said, receive the, the Holy Spirit. And the moment that they received the Holy Spirit, he said, I've anointed you to forgive. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. That the receiving of the Holy Spirit is also an anointing to be able to forgive. And so we've got to understand the enemy hates us getting a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's your comforter, your advocate, your director. He's the one that looks after you. He's the one that guides you, that governs you. He's the one that shows you the way. He is Christ within you, the hope of glory. That's who he is. And so he wants us to have more of the Holy Spirit. He takes an orphan and he makes him a son through the process of transformation. Abiding in him, receiving from him. And it is through this that we start operating in another level of authority. It's through this that we are saved. It is through this that we are being saved. Because salvation doesn't happen once. Salvation, you are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. It is a journey of justification, sanctification, and ultimately glorification. So we see that the Holy Spirit comes, and Jesus said, I'm going to baptize you with the Spirit and with fire, and we receive the charisma as soon as people pray for us. And for some people receiving the Holy Spirit, they may have a manifestation. But they may feel absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So don't feel qualified or disqualified by what happened when you receive the Spirit. Some people fall over. Some people start laughing. Some people start shaking. Some people start having an incredible manifestation as the Spirit comes on them and comes in them. Other people don't feel anything whatsoever, but the point is it's an act of obedience, and as you breathe in the Spirit, He's there. Now all you've got to do is start spending more time with Him, and He will increase in your lives. So those are the two, and now I'm going to just talk about the third one. And the third one is the charisma, and this is the power gifts, and this is what happens that comes to empower us, and this is what changes us from being Normal people to supernatural people. When the charisma comes on us. This is within you and this comes on you. Now the charisma comes on you and lifts. You have to understand nobody lives permanently under the charisma. Because it's a supernatural level of anointing that comes on us. Jesus himself would wait until he felt that the Spirit was there. But what happens is that the, the Spirit within you, the oil within you, draws the fire to come on you. And when the two come together, there's an incredible explosion of the power of God. But to be able to get the charisma and the fire, you've got to want it and you've got to wait for it. Mm. This you can just ask for. The Bible says, ask and he shall have, seek and he shall find, knock and the door will be opened. To be able to go into the waters, you've got to knock on the gate of heaven and say, can I come in? And that's Jesus. Mm. To be able to operate under the oil, you just have to ask for it. Ask and he shall have. But to operate under the fire, you have to seek it. Because you see, the fire is too powerful to be just poured out on anybody. You've got to want it. What did Jesus say to the twelve? He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait until the Spirit comes on you. And when the Spirit came, it came in flames of fire. What were they doing while they were waiting? You know, there were many, many people waiting. But only 120 were there when the fire came. What were they doing? They were praying, the Bible says. That word prayer means to worship and to supplicate. Worship, worship, worship. 
Worship. Why is worship so important? Because worship is a right brain activity. And it's our right brain that hosts the Holy Spirit. And every time we worship, we shift atmospheres. And every time we worship, I love the fact that two visions were about flowers, which is about praise. Every time we worship, we shift the atmosphere. Every time we worship, we lift ourselves out of being earthbound into being heavenbound. You see, to receive fire, you've got to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. You've got to be in a different position. And that's what worship does. It takes the mountain that is so big right here and it lifts us above that mountain. And so how long do you worship? You worship until you feel the atmosphere change. And and so much of that I've, I've, I've already taught and I'll teach one night specifically on worship because the prophetic and worship are absolutely hand in glove. You can't separate them. Because everything that comes with a left brain is the Word of God, and the Word of God is organized, it goes into boxes, it can be analyzed, it can be studied, it can be pulled apart, it can fit into all kinds of, of, of boxes, and you can, you can really chew it up and, and discuss it, and have all these discussions, and get all this revelation from the Word, and we need to have good Word knowledge, I've studied the Bible for 45 years, I want to tell you now, and I still feel that I haven't, I have just begun, because the more you study, the more you learn, the more you know, and it's layer upon layer and it goes deeper and deeper and you see things you've never seen before but it's that word that gives you the boundary that gives you the riverbed that gives you the revelation of what is God and what is not God because it's the word is a word of truth and my friends many things are true but not everything is truth the truth is the unshakable word of God and we've got to have that we've got to be so full of the word that we cannot be shaken but that is a left brain activity and he gave us two brains and the reason he gave us two brains, and he told me that one day, he said, because I want word and spirit flowing. I want ampidextrous people. I want people that their left and their right brain are both so developed that they can be in the fullness of the word and yet in the fullness of the spirit. What happens when it's all word? We have a very narrow riverbed, and it's dry, and the Bible says the letter kills. And we become religious, and we become superior, we become puffed up, and we think we're somebody because it's all in our head. But what happens when we have a river without a bank? We get a swamp. And it goes off into muddy, putrid waters. And, and fish die and life dies in the swamp. He doesn't want swamps. And he also doesn't want a dry river. He wants us to be so rooted in the Word. And I want to tell you now, Jesus isn't a reformer. And he's not a charismatic. And he's not a... Happy clappy. He's not any of these man-made divisions that we've made. He is who he says he is. He came and he established the fullness of the kingdom of heaven when he left. And, and paganism came in and stole that away. And for a long time the church represented a confusion between Christianity and paganism. And every era of every mighty man and woman of God that came through from the reformers was to restore things back. And they weren't meant to bring a portion of the puzzle and stop there. And the reason we've got so many divisions in the church today is because everybody got their piece and made it a piece instead of made it the piece instead of a piece. And they said, This is what it's going to look like. And they all put a ceiling on what God 
God had. And it was never that. He wanted that plus that plus that plus that. He wanted the word restored. He wanted the, the, he wanted, uh, the people to start worshiping again because everybody brought something else. He wanted people to be baptized again. He wanted people to experience the Holy Spirit again. It was only George Fox who was the first man that brought the Spirit of God back after the Reformers had shifted something. And Calvinists and all those people brought back something. And then he started ushering in the Spirit. And every move of God has brought more of the Spirit back. So which part is the right part? It's all of it. It's not some of it. And what happens every time there's a new truth, the pendulum swings this way and people go off on some wacko tangent. Why? Because they don't have word knowledge. But God just comes and brings it right back to where it's meant to be. And he's looking for worshippers. The Father says in John 4 that he's looking for worshippers, those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants people that know how to connect like this with heaven. And I think it's amazing. I mean, I said to God, God, I need a worship leader. But you know what we haven't got? And yet every time we, we, we just start worshiping together with our croaky voices and just everyone doing their own little thing, God just starts moving. How amazing is he? So he wants us to have everything. Now, how do you go from being spirit-filled? My friends, when you receive the Spirit, you get the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you already get the Holy Spirit that starts transforming you. The fruit of the Spirit of God within you is Galatians 5.22. He starts working with adding more love, more peace, more joy. If you're not changing, get into the Spirit more. Get more. And he starts, he starts changing us from the inside out. I want to tell you, I've said this often and I mean it. I don't like me without the Spirit of God. Because honestly, I, I, me without the Spirit is not a nice person. I'm a very black and white, very in your face. I've got, a, I've got a hacksaw for a tongue. I can cut people down to size in two seconds. I'm really not a very nice person without the Holy Spirit. I don't trust me without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, he comes and he just anoints that which you are. And then he puts oil on your tongue and he puts honey in your soul. And he takes all those legalistic thoughts that are so attached to prophets, you know, it's Rechelweg, right or wrong, black or white. And he just comes in and he says, come on, Kathy, let me just, let me just add myself to yourself and let's just have a beautiful picture. And then he starts changing it. And in the moment that I feel a little bit dry, I just run into presence mm. because I don't want to ever be an empty vessel. Get back in there. Get back in there. And he starts transforming us. And he starts breaking our heart for what breaks his. I, I prayed that once. I said, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. I haven't stopped crying. It's just like, I just, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Because, because your heart starts breaking for what breaks his. And your love capacity just increases. It's like, you know, a mother thinks when she's going to have a, her second child, she can't love two kids the same until that baby's born. And then suddenly she finds, I've got, I've got double love. It's not like I've got to share it. And that's exactly what he does. He just increases your capacity to love. And joy becomes your portion. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you start experiencing such strength. And you start growing in peace. The, the, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit brings peace and righteousness and kindness and goodness and humility. All these things become part of who you are and self-control. My friends, you cannot make yourself self-controlled. But when you get filled with the Spirit and with love, the outworking is it that the grace of God teaches us to say no, and suddenly self-control starts being part of your life. Mm -hmm. It's just the most amazing thing. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't got self-control, and if you're impulsive, just spend more time, drink in the spirit, 
fill yourself up with oil and let him do the work. But to be able to have the fire, we have to set ourselves apart. We have to take time out. You have to separate yourself. You have to say, God, I'm cutting myself off from other people, from media, from everything that's going to distract, from everything I regularly spend time where I separate myself. And I just, you can fast if you want to. I don't particularly fast because for me, food is not an issue. For me, what is an issue is cutting off people because my life is full of people. Mm. And I just separate myself from any form of distraction and I just spend time in his presence. And he says that if you will wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. You'll rise up on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. Mm. He says, Set time aside to be with me. And when you do that, suddenly the fire comes down. And when the fire comes down, the supernatural power of God comes down. And for me, I had a fire explosion many years ago, but that's not enough because he's not looking to come and just, he he doesn't want to just touch. He wants a habitation. He wants it to be permanent. And every time that he increases your mantle or your authority, that he gives you more, he brings more fire to come into your life. And what is that fire? That fire is the the charisma or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is the dunamis power. What does dunamis mean? It means dynamite. It is heaven touching earth with an explosion. Now, it's part of that gift that the prophetic is. I want you to understand something. The prophetic gift of the Holy Spirit is a dunamis power gift. That means when you bring a prophetic word, you should expect a life to change. Because you don't bring a vague, as in if you bring a word of authority and people's life change because it is a dunamis power gift. And that is why we've got to be so careful with as we grow in the Christmas to allow him to clean our mouths. You see, Isaiah, the mighty prophet, was a very negative prophet until he saw the Lord. And next week I'm going to be talking about seers and opening eyes of seers. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. And when he saw the Lord, he saw the seraphim. What is a seraphim? It's a fire angel. It is a fire angel that releases the charisma with the Holy Spirit to release fire on earth. And then the angel came and he burnt his lips. My friends, you need the fire to burn your lips so that your mouth has been cleansed. And we cannot allow our mouths. And I'm telling you this urgency is getting stronger and stronger where God cannot allow dirty water and clean water to come out of the same mouth you cannot the tongue you cannot use your tongue to break people down and to prophesy at the same time because prophecy is a gift of empowering and you're not prophesying when you're declaring bad news you're drawing the second heaven down you're prophesying when you look into the puke And you are able to bring heaven to earth and call out the gold inside that person or call out the diamond inside of their coal. It was such a beautiful picture. On Saturday, when these two very, very broken women came in, (laughs) and we were just able to call the, the diamond out of two very broken women, and just to see God just change their lives and just to see God just, they, 
they, they connected with the lover of their soul. Mm-hmm. He gave them the opportunity. He gave them destiny. And that's what the dunamis gift is. You know, it says desire the, the gifts. Desire. Desire. Why does he want us to desire it? Because you've got to seek for it. You've got to want it. You've got to burn for it. You've got to say, I'm desperate for it. I want to tell you now, I have been desperate for the supernatural of God my whole life. I met Jesus when I was five years old by praying for my dog that was dying. And he supernaturally healed my dog. And from that moment, I knew that there was a supernatural God up there in heaven and I spent my life trying to find him and when I did find him I spent my life hungering for more of the supernatural now I want to talk to you about it a little bit this week and I know that this is more of a teaching and I want to be more practical but we've already had so much of, of the Holy Spirit tonight and we've already imparted so much more of the oil because that's what happened to the ladies that we prayed for for the ability to speak in tongues now remember this is your spirit man so when you put your hand over here and you say give me more you're asking the Holy Spirit to fill your spirit man and he doesn't flow through your brain there's no connection it's from here out of here and that's why I don't remember prophetic words I prophesy all the time and I haven't got a clue. And somebody will say to me, do you remember five years ago you prophesied of me? Everything happened and I go, that's amazing. I don't even remember you. Never mind what I prophesied. (laughs) Why? Because it doesn't go through my brain. If it had to go through my brain, I'm being vulnerable with you tonight. And this is being recorded. So flippy, who's going to listen to this? But if it had to go through my brain, I would not say three quarters of the things I say. Because after that, God, I go, oh, Jesus, how did I say that? Oh, flip, God, you've been intervened. I can't believe I've said that. Especially when you tell to a mother who's never been able to have children and has been told she's, she's got, she'll never have children. And so I just see two children coming through your womb. Jesus. And then a year later, she finds says, you won't believe it, I'm pregnant. And a year later, she says, please pray for me, I'm pregnant again, I need to stop the well. <laughs> but that's God, you see. And so I'm telling you, don't expect anything to go through your head. Your head, is, your head just interferes. Just spirit, spirit and release it. So what are the gifts, the dunamis, the, the, the charisma gifts? Fire gifts, because they release fire. And if you understand that, then you'll understand how privileged you are with what you carry. And you won't sit there going, oh, I don't really feel like offering it. You carry life change within you. And people should not leave your presence without having had their life changed, because they're connected with heaven, because they're connected with you. So it starts off by hungering and thirsting and wanting and separating yourself and saying, oil, 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 do what you work, do what you work, do what you've got to do so that I can be more like Jesus. Just deal with all these funny little things that I'm wrestling with, all these little things that are so insignificant so that I can represent him. So that how do you know when the Holy Spirit in you is working, when suddenly you find yourself more loving? I was an incredibly impatient person. I want to tell you now, I was so impatient that if it didn't happen now, it just wasn't worth worrying about. And today, I am such a patient person that people that knew me say, what's happened to you? It's like, oh, nothing phases. Oh, it's not a problem. It's fine. It'll sort itself. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And, and people will cut me off. Five, six cars will cut off. And I say, oh, well, we're all going to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I promise you now, I promise you now, that's not Kathy. That is this. 
And so you just keep, because the moment that you just allow him to do it, and if you find that you've got too much flesh sticking through, go into your, into your closet. More view, more view, more view, until things start changing. That's how you know when the spirit in you is growing. Because you smell more, look more, and behave more like Galatians 5.22. But now with these gifts. Now this is like a power gift. And, and in, the, in these gifts that come, and there's a list of them over there. And um, that come with a fire and with a charisma. There's nine gifts. And you'll find that the Holy Spirit is always represented in threes and nines. Because the number of the Holy Spirit is three. And that's why you see that there are, there are nine fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, faithfulness. Um, um, goodness, I've written goodness twice. Actually, one of them is meekness and self-control. Your goodness and gentleness and self-control. Nine gifts of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit, which is the, which is the oil gifts. And then there's nine charisma gifts, which is the fire gifts. And there are five of them are the prophetic gifts. Three of them are healing gifts. And one is a gift of discernment. Isn't that amazing? That there are five gifts that are attached to your mouth. That's how much important God puts on what you say, how you say it, and when you say it. Five, most of the Holy Spirit power gifts come through your mouth. How amazing is that? And then there's the three healing ones, and then there is the discernment one. And as we spend more time and we ask for more fire, he increases. The first thing you'll know that you will have an explosion, a fire explosion, because suddenly something will break through. And we need to go and hunger for that and go find it. And I want to encourage all of you, go, go, go spend time wanting it. Just wanting it. Want the fire. Separate yourself so that you can get the fire. And then the, 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 the gifts of healing is, number one, the gift of faith. Now, that's an incredibly powerful gift. When the, when the gift of faith comes down, you become supernaturally charged. There's no other way that I can explain it. And you become fearless. You become absolutely empowered where you, it has not got anything to do with you. It is a supernatural level of faith that comes down to earth. And as that comes on you, now you've got to receive the whole job first. You've got to re receive the fire first. And then that fire comes down and lifts depending on what God is doing. But that, that power gift, that, that faith gift, is the most amazing gift. And with that faith gift, because you need faith for healings, with a faith gift, we get all the different gifts of healing. There's different types of healing gifts for different types of diseases. And then comes the miraculous. What's the difference between healing and miraculous? Well, healing touches your body, your body's natural healing capacity, and speeds it up. Your body is a healer. And what the healing gifts does is they just touch what you've already got and they speed it up. But the miraculous comes and does a work where there isn't anything happening. So it's through the miraculous that blind eyes can see. It's through the miraculous that an arm will grow. It's through the miraculous that you get creative miracles. That's the difference between healing. So if you want to pray for someone's healing, then you speak to their body and you command their body to respond to the healing balm of heaven so that they can get better. And it doesn't always happen instantly because what happens is their body increases its healing capacity and it'll happen quicker. And also there's a whole lot of other things involved with healing. For example, you can let her go and come to me. Come here, Missy. But the miraculous is when the supernatural happens in that. And I want to just quickly tell you a testimony about the, the gift of faith. When that gift of faith comes on you, 
It is just the most amazing. It's it's okay. It's okay. She can go out. Just it's just the most amazing fire that comes upon you. I'm going to share. I can tell you many times that it's happened. Um, it's happened every time that we've seen the dead raised. But the, the, the time I felt to share with you tonight is that um, we, we were interceding and trying to save children from being kidnapped by Satanists many years ago. And it was around, um, it was around Halloween. I want to tell you, any person that celebrates Halloween honestly has no idea what they're doing. And it was around Halloween and the year before that they had kidnapped it, they'd stolen a baby and they'd slaughtered it. And we wanted to um, stop that happening. And they were, the, the Satanists were, had occupied a, um, a pool room where all the children would gather once every Friday because that was the only entertainment in the town. And so we started going there and just praying as intercessors. There were a whole group of us. And we would just quietly pray and watch what they were doing to stop them. They would, they would spark drinks. They would spark cold drinks. They would do whatever they could to, um, to just steal kids and to get kids into Satanism and what have you. So we recognized and we knew they were. Anyway, this was the, the eve before Halloween. It was just around Halloween. And we were there praying. And they called the police to remove us. When the police came, they said, um, I know some of you have heard this story, but I'll just share for those who haven't. When police came, they said, why must we arrest them? So they said, because they're praying. So they said, well, what have they said? They said nothing. They pray quietly. They said, well, we can't stop people from doing things quietly if it's not disturbing the peace. And they left. And the next moment, I was in the back of this massive big room. It was very dark. The music was absolutely evil. It was terrible. We had people standing all around the room. We kept our contact with each other. And I'm not a very tall person, especially when I'm not wearing heels. And, and I was standing at the back of this room, and I suddenly became aware that I couldn't make eye contact with anybody because the room was full, full of people. And they were playing pool, and they were dancing, and they were just having this harder time in this presence of such evil. And, um, and there were kids from 10 years old through to teenagers, well, through to young adults. And the next minute, I see this group of men walking towards me, about 10 of them. And as they're walking towards me, you know, Satanists go into a frenzy when it comes to blood sacrifice time. And they were in a frenzy, and I could just see the frenzy in their eyes. And they were walking towards me, and when they were close enough, at about the level where Anne is, I heard the one in the middle, I saw he had a flick knife in his hand, and I heard him say, if they won't get rid of her, we will. And they came toward me in this group, and I'm standing at the back, I couldn't make eye contact with anybody, and I knew three or four steps time, they were going to stab me, I was going to drop at the back, and no one would knew that I'd been killed until it was time for them to go home. And as I looked into his eyes, fear gripped me at a level I'd never been gripped before. I literally went, I knew, this is it. And as the fear came down on me, the fire came up within me, and I literally felt the explosion of faith come over me. And I rose up. As I felt this explosion of faith, and, 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 and I heard the words, the line of the tribe of Judah is in you raw. And I looked at this leader of the pack, and he was now by now just a little bit further than you guys. And I looked at him, and I roared at him. Now, it was very noisy, so they couldn't have heard me, or they may have heard me. And he stepped, and they were laughing, and they were mocking, and they were in a frenzy, and their eyes were so evil. And I roared again. But as I roared the second time, I mean, it was like I felt myself becoming massive. It was like suddenly I felt that I was filling the whole room. 
I just roared and I just filled this room. And they just, their mouths shot open, all of them, and they turned around and they fled and they ran and they left, they just fled, they ran away. After that, I heard them saying they petrified of the woman with the green eyes. I'd be in town and they would be walking on the one side. When they saw me coming, they would turn and flee. It was the most... Now, in that moment, I know that they saw something. I don't know if they saw my angel. I don't know what happened. But with that injection of faith, I became fearless. And I want to tell you, that did something in me that I've been fearless ever since. I don't fear anything. I honestly... And fearless. Are there times when my, my knee shakes a little bit? Well, when they told me to go to China and I didn't know anybody, my knees got a bit, oh, Jesus, can I really do this? But my spirit was, of course we can do this. In Christ, we can do anything. Because now, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to go and drive at night into the middle of Chesterville just to prove a point. I'm not going to go and, 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 and bite a, a, get a snake to bite me just to prove a point. But should it bite me, and I've been bitten by a snake, and God reduced the poison, and he reversed it. So I'm telling you, when you start operating in fire, the most amazing things happen. And it was that injection of faith every single time. I've seen two men raised from the dead. I've seen a baby being that was three weeks dead in the womb. And I've asked God, I don't want to die until I've seen a whole lot more. Please, I just don't want my family to die again. It can be other people dying, not my family. <laughs> because, because, because we want to see that. But every time that God has done a miraculous thing, that injection has come down. And it, it's the most exciting. But when it goes, when the moment is over, you are absolutely on fire. I remember the one day we prayed for a man that was dead. The coffin shook. Everything was happening. His eyes opened in the coffin, but he never came back. But with the fire of God that came down on the two of us that were praying, and with, the, with everything that was happening, that fire stayed on me for about four hours afterwards. I was so... You just can't, you can't live. You can't be normal with that, with that measure of fire. So God doesn't allow us to walk in it. But once you've received fire, when the Spirit comes on you, it can come down any time that you need it. And Jesus would wait for that fire. And then he would perform the miracles. And so that's the power of the fire of God for the, for the healing. Now, what about the gifts of prophecy? Well, the prophecy, prophetic gifts are from the Holy Spirit. And next week, I'm going to be talking more on the, on the gifts of um, prophecy, and I'm going to unpack that more. But the first thing we have to understand is the first power charisma gift is the gift of prophecy. And that means the ability to hear God and speak over somebody's life about their future. That's what prophecy means. Hear God and speak. It's simple. It's not complicated. And all we do is speak according to what we really see. Are we seeing it? Are we feeling it? Are we perceiving it? What is it? Hear God and speak. It's that simple. And don't get your brain in interfered. Just don't. But it always exhorts, encourages, and comforts. People always leave your presence when you've prophesied knowing that God loves them. That's the whole thing. The second gift is the words of knowledge. Now, we won't have time to practice these tonight, so we'll practice them next week. But the word of knowledge is when you know something about their past supernaturally. When you couldn't have known about it. It's knowledge about something that's already happened, and you have no idea that you could know about it, except... Now, when you're doing counseling and praying for people, the word of knowledge is a very powerful tool. Because the moment somebody like that lady said, how did she know those things about me? Mm. 
It tells them that they are known by God. The word of knowledge is very, very important. Another form of the word of knowledge is when you feel something in your flesh, but I'll talk about that next week, when you can feel somebody else's pain. It's a word of knowledge, something they've already got, and God wants you to, to know that so that they know, you know, and he knows. A word of knowledge comforts people and makes them know that God cares about them. And then a word of wisdom is a word for right now. They're all hearing God, and there's all kinds of fancy words we can explain them by, but it really isn't necessary. It's hearing God and speaking. Now, when a person is needing to make a decision today about what job opportunity to take, about is this God or isn't it God, they don't need you to tell them about their past, and they don't need you to tell them about their future. They need to hear the now word of God in the moment, and it's a word of wisdom. <coughs> so the word of wisdom is a supernatural power gift of heaven's wisdom operating through you into somebody's life. The word of knowledge is a power gift where you know something about their past. And I want to tell you now... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Jesus came to the woman at the well and he said to her, I know you've been married to five men and the one you're with now you're not married to. That's all he said to her. Mm. What did she say? He told me everything about myself, yeah. everything about my past. Because any person that gets a word of knowledge gets a tiny little puzzle piece. When God gives me a word of knowledge about anyone, I don't know more than what he's just told me. He just told me that little piece. I don't know the other pieces. But that little piece is enough to get their attention. And that little piece is enough for them to know that he loves them. And when you give them a word of knowledge, they can trust the prophetic that comes out of your mouth. Because if, you knew, if he knows my past, then he's going to know my future. Yeah. Such a powerful thing. And then we get the word of speaking in tongues. Now, for many of you, you understand it. It's not a problem at all. But many people don't understand it. The gift of speaking in tongues in this package deal. When you receive your, the first time that you receive the Holy Spirit oil, you have the ability to speak in tongues for your own life. Because when we just sing in tongues and worship in tongues and we enjoy in tongues, that is the Holy Spirit oil gift. And that's all about changing you. Because the moment that you speak in tongues, the oil, the Holy Spirit is taking over and you will start groaning and you will start praying according to the Spirit and your brain's out the way. But it's all about you. But when you receive the power gift of tongues, that is for the body of Christ. And so I can bring a prophetic word tonight, and I often do, in tongues. Now that word has to be interpreted. Because it has no value to anybody if they don't understand it. And so the gift of tongues and the gift of interpreting tongues are prophetic gifts. They can be prophecy, word of knowledge, or word of wisdom. But it comes in a different tongue. And then it needs someone to interpret it. And that interpretation of tongues is not someone who understands what they've said. It's someone who gets a supernatural revelation of what they've said. Now, why does God use tongues? I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> well, I think half the time is because we don't listen to him. And I find that when words have been coming out and God's been saying the same thing and the same thing and the same thing, somebody will suddenly get up and they'll bring an incredible word in tongue and everyone will go, what? What was that? And they bring that word in that everyone's got their attention and often the interpretation 
It's something that he's already said before anyway, but he's had to get our attention. I've heard many stories of people just worshipping God and speaking in tongues. Tongues are powerful, my friends. Don't ever underestimate the power of tongues. They're incredibly powerful. I've heard many people sharing things like praying in tongues, just worshipping God, and somebody behind them from another nation sitting there, and God speaking directly to that person through the tongues of worship of somebody else and absolutely giving them a prophetic word. And so they very... The reason tongues are so powerful is because your brain is out the way. If I don't know, if somebody's coming to see me and I don't know what, what God wants me to say to them, I just speak in tongues. Because after you've, you've plugged into the spirit realm, he floods you with wisdom, insight, knowledge, understanding. And there are many times that I'll be talking to somebody and I think, wow, that is such wisdom. I need to write that down when they go because that was amazing. I'll never tell them that. <laughs> because I just know it's spirit to spirit. It's just spirit pouring out of us. And so we get the the gifts and the and the final one is the gift of discernment. Now the more time that you spend in the fire, the more you receive the fire, the more you receive the power of God, the more you grow in discernment to pick up what does that gift of discernment do? It tells you what is God, what is the angelic, what is demonic, what is Satan, and what's the spirit of man. And we all have to grow in discernment. Because I want to tell you now, as we go into the time now where it says the enemy has sent deceivers that have come to deceive even the elect if, it is, if it's possible. If we do not have a sharp gift of discernment, we will be fooled because it's discernment that says, check this out. And when you get that gevoel, when you get that feeling, when you get that sense, I'm not allowed to use South Africanized words, sorry. When you get that feeling or that sense that says, hmm, it's just not adding up. I just don't have peace. I always say to people, don't try and reason it out. Don't try and find the answer. Just flee. Just have nothing to do with it. Just walk away from it. Because the river of God is pure and it's crystal clear and you just feel and sense this is a yes, yes, yes. But when something comes along that's muddy or confusing or it makes you doubt or your head goes into confusion, flee. Because one thing I know about Jesus and this beautiful, beautiful spirit that lives within us. He doesn't have to explain himself. He is God. And most of the time we only understand on hindsight when we look back and we see what God has got. So listen to the spirit of discernment because there's so much that he wants us to do. Tonight I wanted to explain to you how the Holy Spirit works. It is The first is the very grace that Jesus offers us is the Holy Spirit putting us into the river of life. And without grace, we cannot walk this journey. The second thing is the oil that is the, the Holy Spirit in you that changes you from inside out. And the third is the fire that comes on you. The oil is for you. The fire is for other people. The oil is for you. There are not enough Christians desiring and wanting the fire because what you don't understand is the oil is yours, but the fire is to change other people's lives. And we cannot change other people's lives without the fire. And he wants us to have a revelation of the fullness of this incredible, incredible gift. And I want to tell you now, with things happening the way they are and with times changing the way they are, without the Holy Spirit it will be impossible to serve our King. Bless you.